Hey, Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, and welcome to another episode of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. Today's episode is brought to you by PixelValley.com. That's P-I-X-E-L, as in pixel, and then valley as in V-A-L-L-E-E. Two L's, two E's, dot com. With the Rangers in the offseason, I'm sure many of you, myself included, have turned to game watching to game playing. PixelValley.com is the go-to gaming review website that has been grabbing the attention of gamers and developers worldwide, and also Reddit users. Each Monday morning, Pixel Valley releases a new gaming review to, get, to help you get your work week started. Who wants to work on a Monday morning? Absolutely nobody. A Pixel Valley review on Monday, and hey, guess what? Comes on Tuesday. A Bullshit Breakaway episode. What more can you ask for? Recent reviews from Pixel Valley include AAA games such as Horizon Dawn Zero, Breath of the Wild, one of my favorite games of all time, just might add that, and Prey, which I have no idea what it is, but I'm sure it's great, and independent games such as Shovel Knight, and this week's feature, New Machinima, which I've never heard of, so I'm going to go to Pixel Valley after this and check that out. PixelValley.com also reviews you with the updates for all the Overwatch needs and Destiny needs for all these popular games that are out there in these days that you'll all be playing right now. That was a little bit of improv ad right there. All right, last but not least, if you don't want to fall out of the gaming loop, a little bit of a pun there for you, make sure to visit PixelValley.com today. Again, that's Pixel, P-I-X-E-L, and Valley, V-A-L-L-E-E.com. Breakaway fans, welcome to the most special, the specialist, the long-awaited episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway, where we will reveal that we have a guest, if you haven't seen it in the title already. Greg, say hello. Hello. Salutations. Good we day. Started Good started this podcast almost two years recording ago. Recording Yeah, I'm recording it right now. Oh. Yeah, I'm oh. I, I thought you were talking about like this specific no, dude, podcast. No, we... It does feel like we started this specific podcast two years ago. We did. Uh, if for anyone listening, we've already recorded all our interviews tonight, so let's reveal some things. On tonight's podcast, sure. we, have, Absolutely. we have three guests. Let's start with, we have at the end of the podcast, we have our good friend Jeff Belinsky, who comes on to talk about the Devils and the first pick in the draft and his thought of his team going forward and kind of our, our relationship with the Devils going forward. Before that, we have our good friend James Clark and our resident prospect expert James Clark, who comes on and breaks down the Rangers draft between the, the seventh pick and the 21st uh, draft pick at that point in time. And then, before both those, coming right up after this intro segment, we have the long-awaited, the somehow-obtained Adam Clendenning interview, where after years, well, at least a year of bugging Adam to come on this podcast and saying, hey, Clenny5, come on the podcast, buddy, we support you in all ways. Adam responded to us and came on the podcast, and I still can't believe it was real. I know that sounds really nerdy and fanny, but that's where we're at right now. It's just nothing uh, – Adam, Adam Clendenning, first of all, is fantastic, and he was more than kind enough to give us 30 minutes of his time to us talk. We, we focus heavily on hockey stuff with Adam. We do get into some nonsense, some of the best news I've ever heard some ever in my entire I'm life. I'm not happy with. But – Look, all our conversations, and I know our listeners bring up Clendenning almost in not a joking fashion, but just a way to get us triggered. There were serious reasons why we thought Adam Clendenning needed to be in the Rangers lineup more than he was. And it was partially because, one, Adam Clendenning, when he took the ice, helped the Rangers. And he talks about his relationship with Brady Shea and their chemistry that they had on the ice a little bit in the interview. The Rangers were a better team when Adam Clendenning was playing defensively, and that is for two reasons. One, Clendenning is a puck-moving defenseman. He gives up a little bit in his own zone. I mean, let's, let's dollars donuts. He's not an all-star, but he's a very serviceable veteran defensive presence 
And two, it meant that either Dan Girardi or Mark Stahl wasn't in the lineup. And addition by subtraction at some point, because those guys struggled so much at certain points this season, and especially Kevin Klein, who was a guy we should mention as someone that just never carried their weight this season. Clendenning was well, an we've improvement been over this for the Rangers. Thousands right. of times. Like you guys, right. you guys know but what I'm, I'm just, saying. I'm again just I'm right. I'm, I'm just again saying of course, for everyone it. listening, like it was easy for us to bring up Clendenning's name and then laugh, but it was never us making fun of Adam Clendenning. It was us realizing the Rangers' defensive situation and realizing that it could be better treated and our frustration with the coaching staff um, for not handling it better. And we do not get into that. I will just straight up say it right now. We, we specifically did not point Adam in a position where he needed to say something disparaging about the coaching staff, about guys he played with. We didn't want to do that. And not we that he would have anyway. Or, he probably would. He's, yeah. a, he's a super nice guy. I doubt he would have anyway. But he wouldn't have done that. If anyone, if anyone was expecting us to look at Adam in the face and be like, tell us bad stuff about Elaine Vigneault, I would have eaten it up, but I wasn't going to do that. And we didn't do that. It's a really fun interview. You guys are going to love it. Um, but do not expect any chronic question like that. Right. Uh, I'm still dumbfounded he responded to us. <laughs> incredible. So, Just incredible. Absolutely incredible. I can't say anything else. Uh, Ranger news right now, Greg, before we get to the interview. and maybe I'll, Well, let me talk about the interview for one more second from my perspective. Uh, at the beginning of the interview, I sound like a dumbass. Mostly because I don't really know how to handle the situation at first. And things, things settled down from there. Uh, there was also like a slight delay on the phone, and we figured that out. And I, I, I probably at this point already cut and edited that delay out, so uh, that'll be easier to listen to on the podcast. But as for Ranger news, Greg, moving on to that, uh, Lindy yep. Ruff is now our assistant coach. Uh, I know our take on this would be very quick and short. Uh, go ahead and, and shoot it at me, my friend. Doesn't matter if AV is still the head coach. Doesn't matter. Jeff Bukaboom yeah. got demoted. That's exactly what happened. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's a demotion. The Rangers call it a re- – he got reassigned. That's He's like now a super a scout. nice way of saying demoted. Right. Um, I will say this, and it's been echoed hundreds of times on Reddit or Twitter or in our Discord channel. Bookaboom should not have been the guy on the chopping block. It sh- if Ruff was coming in, it should have been to replace um, Scardy Arneal. Uh, that did not happen. Arneal is still here. It, it – the reason why it doesn't feel like an anything move is AV is still the guy calling the shots just because there's another voice in the room. Doesn't really do anything for me. Mike Sullivan was an assistant coach under Elaine Vigneault. It's not like Mike Sullivan took all the teachings of Vigneault and has now won two cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. It, it's Elaine Vigneault's team. He knows his style. He knows his philosophy. I'm sure it'll be a different or a new comfort level for him to have someone like Lindy Ruff next to him on the bench, but if anyone's expecting the Rangers to win more games or play better defensively or better on the power play because Lindy Ruff is on the coaching staff, I, I, I think you're misreading the situation. You, I, you couldn't have said it better. That's all I have to say. Yeah. We knew, we knew this part was going to be quick, which is why we did it last. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, Greg. Because, I mean, just to, with James, if you, we, we go back over the Rangers' center depth. We go back over stuff the Rangers need to do in – free agency and all that stuff. I will say what I forgot to do at the end of our podcast that I'll do now is remind everyone listening, we are doing a live podcast Saturday at noon once free agency window opens. That'll be through our Discord channel. It will not be something we record and post later. It'll be live with all our listeners um, and followers that can 
basically call in and ask us questions as news they is happening. They don't even call in. You join the channel and start yelling with us or at us. Right. And it's think of it more of a radio show than a podcast in that sense. But the only way our listeners can participate in that is by going to our Patreon page, becoming a contributor to the podcast. The Discord, all you need to do is contribute $1 and you're in it. There's no priority for people who pay more or less. If you want to be part of our live podcast, that's something we're hoping to do throughout the offseason, throughout the regular season and playoffs. That's basically if on game nights, if you guys want to talk to us, we'll basically be hosting live podcasts during the games. And I think that's hey, I'm an exciting say development right for both of us. Just going to let you know, not all games. <laughs> Most, I, I, You know what? I'd be surprised if one of us wasn't mm. available and hosting something that's during true. every game. You're right. I'd say in not every game will it be Ryan and I, but I'd bet you 90% of the games next year, either Ryan will host a live podcast or I will host a live podcast to our Discord. Something and will happen. That's, I know you guys have seen a lot of posts either on our Twitter, on our Facebook, wherever you follow us about Patreon. This is the kind of stuff that has us really excited that we can now do um, through your contributions. We can do more live podcasts. We can. This is the most NPR we've ever been, and I respect the hell out of huge. it. Huge. Uh, we can do live podcasts. We can host meetups. Um, we we're working diligently on getting some new swag for guys, stickers, shirts. Uh, we're working on new designs. We have a lot of ideas um, that we are hoping to bring to fruition. And guys, and all of it's not even the season. It's not even the season. And I, I've said this multiple times before. Our Discord channel is insane. It is I mean, basically twenty four seven. We pretty much said that five times on this marketing. particular podcast, like this one we just recorded. So yeah, all right. It's fantastic. Again, only one dollar. That's all you have to do to get you into that Discord. Saturday is going to be a very exciting, exhilarating, probably frustrating time. So you might as well come here, Ryan, and I yell about it for what's going to feel like three hours or so. And if you're saying, "Why are you begging me for this money?" We did, we did a show for two years without any ads. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and, and you know and, what? And you've already you hit 30-second skip, so good for you. Now we'll, now we'll actually go back to podcast stuff. Okay. And also because I'm literally falling asleep standing up. I am. I have so much editing to do. Coming up right now is the moment I've been waiting for, for since we started this podcast. It's an Adam Codenning interview. Let's hear me be awkward. Greg, let's go. And we're back with the long-awaited interview. Since this podcast has started, we've uh, pestered is a nice word, I guess. Uh, Adam Condenning to come on this show every single week. Uh, Adam, welcome to the Blue Shirts Breakaway. It's been a long time coming. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. You're so welcome. It's been a long time coming. We're going to start with a bunch of different questions we've been meaning to ask you for a long time. Uh, our first question, just start off kind of light here. Uh, this is the, really the most logical question we have. How long have you known that we've existed at this point? <laughs> um, probably since the beginning of the season. Oh, okay. All right. So you, you got our text right away when we were kind of like, we need to play Adam and all that. Uh, so we wanted to kind of get out there. And, and I'm glad that you knew that we were uh, of existence at this point. <laughs> Greg. Uh, yeah, I just kept getting kind of the, the Twitter notifications. And I just kind of found it amusing at that point. Yeah. We, did you ever actually did you ever actually listen to one of our episodes, Sing Your Places? Or was it kind of just you acknowledge the fact that we liked you as a player and we're trying to get you... Uh, a little more playing time in New York. Yeah, I just kind of I, I try and stay away from. Yeah, I just kind of try and stay away from listening to really much of anything during the year. But then, uh, I mean, it continued after the season, and uh, you know, finally, it was just like, ah, whatever. 
Uh, these guys are all I'll give in to these guys. guys. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Whatever. I have that attitude as well. Um, first one uh, is pretty easy. What, as a player, is it like for you to play your home games at Madison Square Garden? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Um, I mean, everybody always says it. it's one of the most famous arenas in the world. And, you know, to play half your games there is, is really cool. Um, you know, every night there's something going on there. Somebody famous is playing in it. And then, you know, find some time to squeeze us in there as well. So it's, it's pretty cool. Was that part of your life of, like, being an NYC athlete? Was it was it way different living in NYC as opposed to other places you've played? Um, yeah, I mean, not really. Um, you know, all the big cities get people to come in and perform in the arena, and you play there a little more often, obviously, than they do. But um, I think it's more just the hustle and the, you know, constant something always going on in New York that's a little different than – some of the other cities I've played in, but, um, you know, I, I really liked it. I thought I was, I've always been that way. I've always liked keeping myself busy. So I always liked the city that way, and I had a good time. What was your favorite arena either? I mean, I know you were a Ranger for one year. Do you have a favorite arena where you like to play in, either as wearing the home team colors or coming in as a visitor? Um, I mean, I, I think, Playing in New York is obviously awesome. You play in MSG, and you know we always get to see that, so that's really cool. Um, I mean, as for a road building, there's a lot of good road buildings nowadays. Um, I'd probably pick um, maybe Chicago. They have a good atmosphere with the anthem. Uh, they got a lot of diehard fans, and I came up in that system. So um, I've seen some of the playoff games and stuff like that. It was uh, it was pretty insane. So you're sort of a darling of the analytics movement this year. You know, some of the analytics showed that you were one of the better defensemen on the team. Have you ever got a chance to look at advanced stats? Is that something you kind of look at or have paid attention to it at any point in time? Uh, no, I have no idea what all that means. Uh, <laughs> as a player, you kind of analyze your own game in your own ways but I, I mean I know it exists but I have no idea how they track all that and there's so many stats that um, I mean it's hard to keep track of at this point for players um, we kind of keep our own stats and look at it in a different way um, but you know at, at some point I think it, it helps but it's not all stats in my opinion what if, just going off that, what are some of the things you do personally that you feel like may not show up on a stat sheet that tell you you've had a good night on the ice? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it goes for anybody. You know, if you're in the right spot without the puck or, you know, and that goes defensively, offensively. Um, I mean, it's little things that are inside your team system or – you know, uh, the general fan may not notice because they're just watching the puck. So um, I think it's it's a little thing that if you can watch the game as a whole, um, you know, from, from your shifts or even other people and you realize, you know, they played maybe a little better game than you thought, um, you know, or, or I'm sure the coaches look at it and say, yeah, oh, he wasn't really that good, you know. So, um, 
you know, I think it's more of watching it inside of your team scheme than, than individually. And I know you kind of answered this one a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. New York is very different from, say, Edmonton. Oh, actually, Edmonton might not be a good example because it's a hockey rabbit community as well. But you said you're pretty good about blocking out the noise from beat writers, um, just people you, seeing your name constantly in the news. You're good about kind of just focusing that out because you really did this year become almost a focal point of the whole argument between beat writers and fans about analytics and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the social having the social media, um, I mean, at least lets you know somebody's chatting about you do, you know, whether in a good or a bad way. But, um, I mean, I kind of stay away from that. I know some of the fans have their own opinion and some of the media do, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the team won a lot of games and we had a really good season. So, since, you know, at the end of the day, it's hard to argue with the results. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I think that social media stuff and um, a lot of, you know, what, what goes on outside of our team and everything, uh, you know, there's only so much that that media and stuff know that you know what's in, happening inside the room always stays inside of it. I got you. And you're a guy that's moved around a little bit in your career. How difficult is it for you, either on a hockey level or a personal level, for you to get used to a new city, a new team, being in a new locker room? Is there a different mindset that you need to put yourself in uh, when you're going somewhere new? Yeah, I mean, you just kind of try and stay out of guys' ways. Um, going into new rooms and, you know, there's obviously older guys on every team. And, um, you just try and stay out of the way and keep quiet and, you know, see if you can fit in. I, I knew a couple of guys in New York going in, which made a little transition a little bit easier for me. But, um, you know, I think just kind of shutting your mouth and staying off to the side and doing your own thing until, you know, people warm up to you and, you don't want you to be involved. It is pretty key. What do you think improved most about your game this year when you were at the Rangers? Um, I think it just, you know, my overall game matured. It obviously helps playing with, you know, somewhat of an older team. Um, you know, you learn how to manage the game and play the right systems. And uh, you don't always have to make a big play or a good play. You know, sometimes it's fine to just go glassing out and, you know, you can go from there rather than, uh, you know, always trying to make something happen. Um, I think learning how to simplify my game with some of the older guys was very key. As a the, the, kind of going with your experience with the Rangers this year, is it more difficult to be shuffled in and out of the lineup on a daily basis? Is there something you need to do off the ice mentally to prepare yourself for going into a practice not knowing if, you're going to be seeing ice time this upcoming game or do you, is it easier for you just to go in every week, same mentality and just be on the same level from the jump? Yeah. I mean, I think you approach every day the same. Um, you know, you're still there. You're still practicing. You're still an option for them, you know, to use every night. So um, I think you have to approach it the same way every day. You can't be one way when you're playing and one way when you're not. So um, I think that's also part of, you know, maturing and being around 
you know, an older team, treat the day the same way every time, and, uh, you know, good things will happen. And this offseason, a little different than just about every other offseason because we've added the Vegas element and the expansion draft. Did that complicate – did the existence of the expansion draft complicate your process as a restricted free agent and now an unrestricted free agent? Was there any conversations between you and Vegas leading up to the draft, them telling you that you might be one of the players they're looking at to get selected? Um, no, I, I don't really know the whole – Vegas thing and um, reaching out to, to me, I, I'm not sure. I don't recall anything, but, um, you know, as far as that whole expansion thing, I kind of tried to not pay attention to it and, you know, I just kind of let the chips fall where they go and, and, you know, try and get my way back into New York. Adam, I used to work in sports psychology, or is what they like to call it, mental skills training. Is that something you've taken part of? Like, I know you've been a part of a few different yeah. teams at this point in time. Uh, have these? Has that been enforced during the culture of these teams? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, some teams use it. Some some players use it more individually. But uh, you know, I think it's definitely becoming a, a resource for players to use all the way around the league. Do they particularly have people that work with you, or do they put you through mental skills drills? Um, I think it becomes a, uh, you know, if, if you want to use whatever you want to call it, a mental skills coach, a psychologist, I think it's all, um, you know, whatever you want. If you, it's more if you want to use it, mm-hmm. by all means, they'll give you the resources to use it. But uh, I don't think they force any players to, to use it. Kind of on a more lighthearted note, uh, the nights where you're not suiting up on the bench and you're one of the either healthy scratches or in the box with players that may be injured, are there any antics going on in that box or is it you guys simply focused on the game? Um, I mean, yeah, nothing's going on. We're just kind of having a good time. Maybe pick a couple of players to watch and, um, you know, see if they do anything funny or uh, that kind of thing. I mean, it's more inside jokes or anything, but um, yeah, nothing's going on. We just go watch a game, mind our own business, and uh, approach the next day the same. Did you have like a favorite ideal D pairing or someone you really like to play with when you were part of the Rangers organization? Um, I mean, when I was on line, I played a lot of different guys. Um, I mean, all of which helped me very much. I mean, Brady and I seemed to really click uh, when we had our chance, and Went on a little stretch there where, um, you know, I thought it was, was really good. Same with uh, Stalzi. I thought it went pretty well with him as well. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I played with anybody else. I'm going to play the game or two with Holtz. He's pretty easy to play with, very solid. You know, all those guys are very responsible, you know, easy to play with, with uh, you know, kind of let me roam a little bit and make some plays and, um, you know, I thought, I thought it worked pretty well with everyone. From a, I, from a fan perspective, it always looked like you and Brady Shea had a next level of chemistry on the ice that really worked for the Rangers. He's one of the younger guys on that team. What kind of, how, how excited should a Ranger fan be about the future of someone like Brady Shea, who really blossomed playing with you and then playing with Brandon Smith in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, that's, He's 
going to be a really good player in the league for a really long time. Um, I mean, he's got all the skills in the world. He's a great skater. He's a big kid. He plays with a little bit of an edge, and, you know, his offensive abilities speak for itself. It's hard to put up 40 points in this league, you know, when you're in your prime, let alone as a 21-year-old kid. So um, I would – I have nothing but, you know, big reviews for him. And, um, you know, I think what, what makes it really good is he's such a good kid off the ice and in the room. And, um, you know, we, we go along off the ice really well, which I think helps us on the ice. Um, so I think, um, you know, for, for him, he's got nothing but uh, – you know, he's, he's had all the tools in the world, so I would expect nothing but you know improvement year after year. And um, but, you know, between him and McDonough, and you know, Holds is going to be there for the next year or two. I'm not sure his contract stuff, but um, you know, I'm sure whoever they bring in, let's uh, you know, get three, four guys that that are going to be there for a really long time. Is there a team or a player that you see on the schedule? Like, for example, if you see the Penguins coming up, do you tell yourself, ah, oh, fuck, I have to worry about Sidney Crosby tonight? Is there a not obvious guy like that that you see on the schedule as someone that you know is going to challenge you and you kind of start thinking two days in advance of having to play that kind of guy? Um, no, I, I approach the game, you know, as it comes to me. I try and let the game come to me. That's kind of the way I play. Um, I'm not going to approach playing a team or a player any different than anyone else. Um, I find I would get a little sidetracked and be too worried about things that I can't control or, you know, too worried about one element of the game rather than my entire game. So um, I just kind of approach it game to game, especially when you're in and out of the lineup. It's more worrying about, uh, you know, the way you perform and, uh, being solid defensively and moving the puck and playing to my strengths than, than worrying about what's going on on the other bench. Adam, I'm a big food guy, and as you probably know, New York is full of great eats. Was there a best food you had during your time of, when, in New York? Was there a particular food that stood out to you? What Did did you have some like hidden place you like to eat? Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, I had uh, a couple of different restaurants where if I really wanted something... You know, that I liked one night, I would, I would go to the same couple of restaurants. But the food there in general is really good. Uh, I mean, my favorite two are probably Valbella and Meatpacking. That's good Italian food. And then uh, I would say ABC Kitchen or lower, yeah, lower-ish east side, I guess. And Adam, were, uh, like if I'm really looking for a good meal, those are probably my two places. Baby's Kitchen's delicious. Just like just throwing that out there. Before, before we hit you with the, the question we ask every guest, I do have one more hockey-related question for you. What is the free agency process like for you? Yeah. I know it's easy for a fan to look at it as this exciting time where players are looking, you know, they, they want certain players to be coming to their team. They they're trying to forecast where other guys might go, but you're physically in the heart of free agency. What is this period like for you as a player? Um, honestly, I don't really know. Um, I kind of wait to hear what 
you know, Asian house to say, and, um, you know, we digest some of the teams that may call with interest or, um, you know, I would go from there, but I'm not too sure on how it all goes down. Um, I mean, I've only done it this week my second time. And, uh, I mean, it was relatively easy last year with New York. I, I knew that I had interest previously and, um, you know, it was very easy finding our way, but, um, you know, I, I don't really know how it all goes down to be completely honest. Well, that makes, that makes two of us. If, if that helps you <laughs> at all, because I have no idea how it goes down either. I just kind of wait for Bob McKenzie <laughs> to tell me where people are going. That's it. Yeah. That's all we do. Uh, so we have one question yeah. that we ask everyone yeah, on this show. We have one question we ask everyone yep. on this show, and uh, it's kind of a nonsense question. That was It's almost uh, a very old question at this point, but we still somehow ask it. Adam, is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, <laughs> hot dog a sandwich. I don't know what else it could be, really. Oh, no! I, always, I love it! I no! love it! It's got two sides to it. <laughs> Adam... This is the worst moment in podcast history. I mean, I got two pieces of bread, I guess. It depends. It depends on what it is. I, I don't know. I'm going to go with, I mean, it's got meat in the middle of two pieces of bread. That's a sandwich, I guess. Oh, no. Adam, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm, I'm getting you. I'm, I'm signing you somehow, me personally. I'll, <laughs> I'll find a way. You've just made my, you've made my week. You've made my month. Oh, That's God. fantastic. I will never hear the end of this. Adam. I appreciate you coming on in, in ways you don't understand. Uh, we will always be a fan of you no matter where you land in this free agency process. <laughs> um, we obviously were gunning for you all year, and we love the way you play the game. So thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, it was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the hot dog as a sandwich. God damn it. God damn it. Adam, <laughs> any, anytime you want to come on the podcast, you are more than welcome to in my book. You just let us know. And I'll be begrudgingly let you back out at this point. But... <laughs> oh, man. All right, Adam. Thank you so much. Good luck in free agency, my friend. All uh, right, fellas. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye-bye. And we're back with our draft recap with our local prospect expert, James Clark. James, welcome back to the show. Oh, shit. I'm local now. I feel I feel good about that. You're not actually local. Moving You're up. in D.C., but, you know, who's counting? But you have been on this show more than anyone else at this point, other than me and Greg. Hey. Yeah, I was about to say. I said other I mean, than me and Greg. Give me a second to finish my words, Greg. Jesus. Also, it's, it's Greg and not you, English major. <laughs> uh, pronunci- yeah. Pronunciation always my strong point. We brought James on today to kind of go through the prospects. Uh, I only know two of them, and I'm going to mispronounce their names, even though we went over them before this podcast. And uh, uh, there's there's only there's only two worth talking about, so it's fine. All right, so let's talk about the two first round draft picks and your feelings uh, of what the Rangers did here. Now we watched uh, the draft semi together through our Discord channel, and there was a but another particular player who went right before. Lias is his name. Okay, it's Leas. Leas Anderson. Leas Anderson. Leas Anderson. I'm sure. I'm sure it will become Lias. I'm sure it will. The poor guys. Yeah, that's just what happens to European players. Their names just get changed for no no reason. Right. So La- uh, yeah, Lias. He went right before. What was the player that went right before that everyone wanted? Glass. Yes, Cody Glass. So, uh, I had Cody Glass ranked third of so, all available players. So not the, uh, not that we'll ever forwards. not that we'll ever see Cody Glass. But uh, why would you do? Did you have him over Anderson? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Is it's it- not. It, it, he's like Mark Scheifele, the Winnipeg Jets. Like he's going to be so good. And it really, really pains me that they missed on him, but uh, it's, I'm already over it. Cause I, I can't, it's not, it's not good to think about these things. He'll be great. He'll be great for Vegas. Good for Vegas. They got a great, great, great prospect. And so, so sell me on, on, on Lias. Because oh yeah, you mean the yeah everybody's freaking out about that draft pick, huh? Because he was projected, uh, and now tell me if I'm wrong. He was projected to go in the mid-teens. Is that true? Well, I mean, it depends on your ranking. Uh, Bob McKenzie had him like 12th or 13th. Uh, I think he's the third or fourth uh, European prospect uh, in terms of ranking. So I mean, he's one of the best European skaters in the draft, especially for forwards. Uh, I had him ranked eighth or ninth, depending on the day. Uh, but my bias leans more European. You don't say uh, North American at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, well, I mean, everybody watches all the North American guys, so I, I tend to focus more on the European guys because they're kind of underseen. I thought it was a great pick. It seems like the Rangers also lean towards European guys. Uh, is do you think there's a particular reason for that or philosophy in the within the organization? Yeah, they're underscouted. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, that's basically it. Like, Elias Anderson was on people's radar, but he's not the same level as Nolan Patrick was talked about or Suzuki or Velarde or glass. Like these were guys whose names were drummed home all year. And Anderson, people were like, yeah, he's, he's really great in Sweden. So and if you're Canadian or American, you won't watch him. Right. Do you think that's because we have more, more spending money to spend on scouting at this point in time? Or is there another I think reason? They're just invested in Sweden. I think they're just invested in Sweden as, as a country, you know, Haglund, Lindbergh, Faust, uh, Lundqvist, obviously, uh, they seem to really like to go into Sweden and draft players. It's They've been doing it, I don't know, I mean, five or six years now at this point. Uh, I, I think that they've just busted on so many, so many picks from the WHL, the OHL, the Quebec Major Junior League that they've just, they've, it seems like they've kind of given up shop trying to go in there. Because well, the Euro- all the picks they pick from there, bust. Well, the European all, picks all seem to work usually. out every single time so far. I mean, you could tell me different, but it, we've gotten a, a nice crop of players from Sweden. It hasn't, I mean, it's been pretty good. hasn't it's really been, been uh, too awful. All right, so uh, as I was saying before, kind of sell me on Lias at this point uh, because everyone else was wanting other players. He was supposed to go later. What's so great about him? He is... Uh, the, the, the way I describe him is he's kind of like Brad Marchand meets Henrik Zetterberg. You know, he's a very tenacious two-way, he's fast uh, forward. And the thing about Anderson is his peak is very high. Like, his peak could be uh, as high as a guy like Nicholas Backstrom. His floor is kind of a guy like Alex Steen. So in terms of picks, it's very safe. There's a good chance you'll get a 50-55 point NHL player at his peak. And there's a decent chance you get a guy who could be a top six, 60 to 70 point center if all of that falls in a line. I understand the philosophy of the pick. I don't think Lias Anderson was their guy. I think they traded up to get, you know, uh, I think they traded up to get Cody Glass and they missed on him and they went with the safe pick, which is Lias Anderson. I would have done the same thing if I was in their position. Uh, I like the pick a lot. I was a big fan of his. I think he'll be a great player. I think he'll be a great New York Ranger. I uh, I also want to say that the drop off between picks four and five. 25 close 
we could be having a conversation in three years where we go, oh, you know, yeah, seventh was a great pick for him. Or you could say, you know, the guy picked 25th ended up being the better NHL player. I was actually that's kind to, of, I was that's kind of the that. nature of the draft. Uh, it, it's more evenly spread out than, than the Matthews or McDavid drafts, I would say. Right. I, I think there was particularly two players that were falling um, a lot. I forget their names off the top of my head. One was a VL name. I think you'll know right off the bat if maybe with that. And then there was... Uh, uh, yeah, Velarde, who went uh, 11th to the Kings. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of his, honestly. Uh, is, he, he never really jumped out to me. Uh, and I know that'll sound crazy to a lot of people. Like He scored an insane clip in juniors, but he just felt like one of those guys that was just dominating kids. And I, there was nothing that I saw beyond that that – I'm going to regret this in five years. He'll be an NHL All-Star, but I would have taken Anderson over him. Okay, so. well, that makes me feel better personally uh, that we did that instead of taking him. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll fit in the King system better than he would the Rangers, but so never been – he was never high on my list. He was never a guy I, I was in love with as much as other people were. Greg, any questions for, for our, our dear guests so far? <laughs> Sorry, just try to get I you just, back in. Just try to bring you back in here, buddy. You're the first person that I've heard be so high on Anderson. I think everyone else has kind of accepted him as a middle six forward. So it's just a little surprising to hear. Oh, I, I think I, he's I, top. I think he has top six potential, definitely. I think he could be a middle six forward today at 18. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like Anderson's being undersold as far as his potential. Uh, Again, like I do feel like his his floor is a guy like Alex Dean, you know, a fifty to fifty five point center. So, in in terms of the Derek Stepan trading for him thing, you're gambling on the fact that he might turn in to something really really good, and even if he doesn't, you're basically getting a similar value player back anyway, in my opinion. I so mean, even if he if, even if he doesn't live up to that, you basically just traded for essentially a, a player who could reach the, the his his floor. Is Derek Stepan? Well, if he doesn't pan out the way that they want him to, they at least get a similar player back. I mean, at this point, we but we were saying before we wanted to trade for Glass. So you think Glass would be is probably going to be the end up being the better player of the two in in, in the long run, and that's what we whiffed on there on, on that kind of move by if, trading if, Stepan. If I would bet money, I would say Glass was their target, and they missed out on him, and they went with Anderson, which is why I think with the twenty first overall pick, they took kind of a gamble. Because I feel like they, they made the safe pick. I, I firmly believe Elias Anderson is an NHL player. I firmly believe in him as an NHL center. I firmly believe that he will at least be a 2C in the NHL. Uh, he won't be as good as Cody Glass, probably. So report- Which sucks, but it's the way it is. That does suck, especially because we traded uh, you know a, a pretty favorable contract and someone that was uh, some somewhat of a locker room presence on this team. Oh, no, no. Derek Stepan was a third-line trash center who made too much money, right? Oh, That's yeah. the narrative now. And now everyone's Where? like, I want Derek back. <laughs> so New York, New York sports, right? We hate everybody and we love everybody. Pretty That's much kind of how it goes. That's pretty much it so far. So right now there's rumors that, that, that Lias might actually make the team this year. I there might be a chance he does that, right? Considering we're so low at center depth. Uh, I could see it. I could see a scenario where he makes the team. I wouldn't let him on the team. I'd send him back to Sweden. But you want him to, his body to develop more and also to get more reps before he gets over here. Uh, I yeah, that for sure. And I, I just feel like the the development program they have at Frölunda, uh, it would be better for him. If he just waited, because he's only 18. I, I don't want to throw him into a situation like they did with Robin Koufax. Like, they don't need to do it. 
They really don't. They okay. should just leave him in Sweden. All right. On I mean, the other end, if if he makes the team and he's and he's and he's decent, that's fine. But I I would give him every chance to make the team. I wouldn't force him into making the team. If he's not right at where they need him to be, I'd just send him back to Sweden. It's it's the way safer bet in terms of his development. You know, oh. he can come over when he's twenty one or twenty two. Only you would know about the development program in Sweden. <laughs> of, of a Swedish hockey team. Yeah. No, I'm sure there's some other guys who would know. Yeah, you were like, of course, the development over there is better. Like, who knows that? Um, except you. Uh, so with our, this 21st pick, this was also a kind of a, a safe move from what I've read. Uh, his name is exactly it's Hithil, Hithil, Philip Hidgel. It's pronounced Hidgel. Hidgel, Jesus, I'm so what, bad. What are you reading that makes it sound like this was a safe move? I've heard this is the most volatile pick of the draft. I read earlier today. Uh, I believe it was Bouchard Banter. I, I'll give I can ra- I can rationalize the pick for you. If I'll you give you a shout out that he was one of the more safer picks, but with a high upside. So I don't know if that actually makes I, sense. I, I think you're I think you're confusing safe with high upside. I I've, I've heard this is basically the boomer bust pick. Okay. The uh, interesting thing about Hitchell is that he's 17. So he would have gone, I think he missed the cutoff nine or 10 days to go in the 2018 NHL entry draft. He was a big riser. Uh, I had him ranked 37th or 38th on my list. Uh, but people are saying that he could have been a top 10 pick in the 2018 draft. I don't really know how I feel about the pick because there were a lot of guys that dropped that I was really into uh, mainly Finnish forwards and defensemen who I spent a lot of time looking at. Uh, it, it's not the safest pick in the world. And I, I get why they made it. This Greg is right. It is more of a gamble. But I, I sort of look at it like the Rangers are in Silicon Valley in the 70s and they're investing in computer stock. And I don't know if he's going to be Apple stock or Xerox stock. So there's a chance he's completely useless and there's a chance that they make millions of dollars. I have no was idea. Xerox stock that bad? I thought Xerox was doing all right. I don't know. Uh, you, they still you, make printers. <laughs> still, uh, when's the last time you bought a printer? I, I don't, but I, I print stuff at work, and I know places of business have printers. Right, but would you rather invest in Xerox? Xerox stock is twenty nine nineteen a share, which I, is decent. I, I actually just brought that but, up. I can't believe you beat me to it. Uh, <laughs> it is up 2.6% yeah, right now. This is you, you want to pull, pull up Apple stock? I'm pretty sure it's like... It's, I, I, I wasn't <laughs> comparing it to Apple. It's just I didn't know why Xerox was the stock we were shitting on all of a sudden. <laughs> it was just an example. Well, no. Now we're involved. Now I want to know more about now why you're the official podcast of shitting on Xerox. Hey, Xerox, come what, on the you, podcast you, and defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want to see my investment portfolio, Greg? Is that what you want to see? Yeah, what's, yes, your, what's your Robin? What, what's your Robin the first, profile like? The first, I got, this is completely off tangent. We'll get back to the draft in two seconds. But <laughs> when I was in the fifth grade, we did a project about trying to identify, like, the stock market. It was yeah. our introduction to it. And I got so involved with it that I convinced my grandpa to let me buy 10 shares of WorldCom. So I'm a great investor. I just drilled that one out of the park. Wait, what's WorldCom, and why am I? Why don't I know what that is? <laughs> uh, World, WorldCom was basically Enron before Enron. Oh, yeah, okay. Enron Light, very nice. Yeah. Hey, great job, Greg. Way, way, way to go, Ryan. No, this is on you for not knowing what WorldCom is. I don't know. I'm going to Google what WorldCom is now. I don't know what that is. I guess, I guess that tells us all about Ryan's investment portfolio. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Ryan's investment portfolio is the Tinder Plus 
purchase he makes once a month. Thank you so much. <laughs> you so much. <laughs> how, much, how, much how much does that run you there, bud? Charges me, I, I believe, ten ninety nine on July second. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 there's no reason that you need to be doing that. That's you should you should save your money. Thank you, buddy. Anyway, um, yeah, Ryan, I think you got confused. I think everyone said Anderson is the safest. Yeah, Anderson because... Anderson's a much safer pick than Hitchell. Yeah, he, uh, everything I've read is his floor is he will be an NHL player. Like, no one has any doubt whatsoever that Anderson will not play in the NHL. And as we've said, he might play in the NHL this year. Um, James, you're easily the highest I've ever heard anyone be on Anderson. I think the general I mean, consensus uh, is either uh, people are confident he'll be a 3C, but there is some hesitation of him ever cracking a top six rotation full time. I, I am firmly and he will be at least a second line center in the NHL. I firmly believe that about Anderson. Wait, I have, um, a, I have, a, I have something to say. So yeah, Wor- Worldcom was bought by MCI. <laughs> and now they are Verizon stock. So Greg, you're not that terrible of an investor. Uh, you miss, you, you, like, you're <laughs> glossing over this. Yeah, this you, you, you skipped the Wikipedia article and jumped right to the end of the story. I did. Yeah, this, this, that's, like, that's like saying, you know, the, the Jews were let out of Egypt by Moses. <laughs> Things are going well. And then the flood happened and then something else happened and now they're fine again. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, right. just skip over that bit. That just skip over that bit that happened in like the forties. And other right, than that, back to the draft. Sorry right. about that. I'm still learning about business during this podcast. Yeah. So, I and you said James, there are only two prospects. You're, wasn't there a third prospect people are excited about? A really late pick. I I'm gonna butcher this name, but it's like say Slajan. Uh, it's pronounced Talin. So, wait, the S S A J L A N, whatever his name is, is pronounced Helene. Yeah, it's pretty close to it's like Cal Helene is how you say his name, I think. Uh, yeah, he's he's a uh, he played in one of the lower tier Swedish leagues. He played on the Swedish under eighteen team a bunch. He's a solid late round pick. Um, he's kind of similar to the the picks that they've made in the last couple of years. Uh, maybe he will become a bottom pairing NHL defenseman. Maybe he'll just be an AHL player. Uh, it's a fine pick. I'm not that excited about it. Uh, I'm not really excited about any of the picks past uh, the first round, but that's more to do with the fact that pick anybody that great. So what uh, after that, they didn't have any, they didn't have any second or third round pick. Would you have thought the guy that I was most curious about to see where he went was uh, another name I'll probably butcher, Timothy Lilligren? Do you think him at seven that would have been too big of a stretch? Convince, convince me that him at seven would have been a bad pick because the scenario of him falling to 21 was getting tantalizing and then the Leafs snagged him. If, in the if, he, was, if he was at 21, I don't see a scenario where the Rangers don't pick him, honestly. Uh, it, it, the fact that he went at 17th is kind of ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, again, it's one of those things where, like, he, he, he wasn't there at 21. He, he was gone by then. But and he was there at seven. Oh, and everything, everything, I've, everything I've heard is the thing that made him drop in the draft is he had mono. This so happens every year. Last year. This happens every year. Some highly touted prospect gets mono and they fall and everybody regrets not taking them. Claude Giroux went like 18th or 19th. That's why you don't kiss anyone. That's it. That's the full reason. What was that? That's why you don't kiss anyone ever. The man paying $11 a month for Tinder Plus. I would never. That was totally a joke, and that doesn't happen. James, back to the draft. 
Um, oh yeah, do you want to swipe right on some of my uh, draft eligible prospects there? I, I, yes, I'd love to swipe right on some of your draft. Ch- James prospects. Prospect Plus is only seven ninety nine a month. I'll save you four dollars. You can buy some Worldcom stock. Well, I'm just telling you, well, uh, you're just revealing everyone we give you per month to be on this podcast. That's so, uh, yeah. But, but, but you're you're saying, I mean, I you're have a man crush on Anderson, so I, I'm sure I'm asking the wrong person this question. Definitely are. But everything I've read says if Lilligren didn't have mono last year, we're talking about a guy that is easily top 10, maybe top five draft pick. So what what prevented the Rangers from just snagging him at seven? It's, it's tough to say. I, I think part of it is that they probably viewed Anderson as the best player available, and you can have a debate about that. It's tough. I'd go back and forth. I could see a scenario where taking Lilligren at seventh is reasonable. Uh, I mean, maybe they didn't want to draft a defenseman. Honestly, it felt to me like they were really going for centers. And you and I, Greg, have had this conversation before. Drafting for positional need is probably one of the dumbest things you can do in sports. Can't stand it. Take the best talent. Especially in sports like the NFL is different because those guys play almost immediately. But specifically – MLB and the NHL, if you're ever drafting for need, you're just doing it wrong. You you need to just take the best player available. Figure um, it out later if it turns out to be a position where you didn't necessarily need someone. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, I'm fine with the Anderson pick. What are your, that, that's yeah, all I can it, really it say. Just feels like, it really just feels like, to me, outside of Vegas, I think, had the best draft. But outside of that Lilligren to the Leafs, I feel like is just unfair because I, I really do think he's a, he's going to be in five years. We're going to look back and Lilligren's going to be one of the five best players from this draft. And he went late in the middle of the first round to a team that already has Matthews, Marner, friggin' Nylander. I mean, uh, if it makes you feel any better, yeah. Anderson and Nylander have comparable points totals as 17 and 18 year olds in the Swedish elite league. So I mean, feel a little better. Yeah, uh, his comparable numbers to Backstrom in the Swedish Elite League. Does that make you feel better? And then it makes you feel a little better. And then the thing, I mean, I guess I understand the Hedgel pick because if you can get a top 10 talent at 17 years old in the 2018 draft at 21, it's hard to argue it. Um, but I, am, I, am I wrong to really want Yamamoto with that pick? Yes. You are completely wrong to really want Yamamoto in that pick. Why I have no, I, I have no faith in Yamamoto. I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, I, I think that, uh, and man, this is going to sound strange coming from me. I don't think that he's, he's going to be an effective NHL player. I get that he scored a bunch of points. I get that he's small. I get that th- 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 there's starting to be like this inverse now where people are 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 becoming obsessed almost in the opposite direction with like these small skill forwards who can score a lot of goals. I don't know that he's going to be able to do that at the NHL level. And, and it's different from when I'd watch guys like uh, Tyler Johnson or Tori Krug or Brad Marchand or Brennan Gallagher. I saw stuff in their game that I was like, well, even if they can't do this at the NHL level, they have other tricks in their bag. I don't really see that many tricks in his bag uh, as the player that he stands now. That would have been a, that, I would wager that as more of a gamble than the two picks that they took, taking Yamamoto, personally. Just just in my opinion, and you can take that for what it's worth. Uh, 
I don't, I don't, I don't see it. And, and he went to the Oilers, so that could totally taint any chance he has of ever being an effective NHL forward. Rest in peace. Yeah, it was good. 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 Good knowing you, buddy. Sorry. All you have to do is put him next to. I, I mean, Yamamoto, a bad player, can score forty points next to Connor McDavid. That's true. Uh, Pat Maroon is going to get himself a really nice contract because he played a couple. Of, I mean, how many goals score? Thirty-two on McDavid's wing. Yeah, I mean, you could put Ryan up there. He'd probably score thirty goals on McDavid. That's what I do, baby. Score those goals. But uh, so, listen. Is there anything else we need to know from this draft? Any deep cuts? Any? You said you're not interested in any of the later picks at all, right? Uh no. Okay. Not not even a little bit. I gave him a B minus. It was fine. Can they could have done better. Uh, I was actually done just worse. about to ask you. Do you think grading drafts at this point in time is dumb as hell? Because I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I sure do. Uh, I just gave it a grade because everybody will expect to hear me give it a grade. Perfect. Absolutely. Uh, I'll tell. I'll ask another one for you, James. And I know this is. I know your answer is going to be a flat out no, probably before I can even get it out of my mouth. Considering how much you love one of the guys I'm about to mention, how much you love draft picks. Would you have traded Kevin Hayes, Ryan Graves, and the 21 for Matt Duchesne? Oh, that's tough. Because I think I would have. Nice one, Greg. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if Colorado. I mean, how, clearly, old, how, how old is Matt Duchesne? Uh, he's under 25, I believe. I believe he's, he's 24. I'm going to check right now. Great podcasting. Can McKinnon instead? Can you do what now? Can we get McKinnon? Can I have Nathan McKinnon instead? You, you can't. Not for that package. Okay. Come on, you know that. Uh, uh, okay, throw in another first, and I'll I, take Nathan I, McKinnon. I still don't think you get McKinnon for that. I, I think you'd have to include D'Angelo instead of Duchesne is 26 Graves. years old. Uh, pass, pass, pass. But okay. Hayes, Hayes isn't exactly young. and So where would you rank Graves in the new Ranger defensive Prospect mumbo jumbo between him, Pionk, Barry Glazov, D'Angelo. Because uh, in my mind, Graves Graves is four in that. Group. Oh no, he's second in my mind, behind 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 who and ahead of who? Uh, he's ahead of Barry Glazov. He's behind D'Angelo, in my estimation. So you have Pionk last. I have Pionk last, as it currently stands. Um, I feel like you have you have Minduith last. I have Minduith last. Wow. Uh, D'Angelo has put up decent points, uh, more than decent points in the AHL. His forty or so NHL games. Ryan Graves was basically the only redeemable thing about the Hartford Wolfpack. They were total trash. Uh, Barry Glazov played in the KHL. Minduith played for a lower level NCAA team and he put up a lot of points, but I don't, I've never seen him play at any professional level beyond college. So until I see that he's ranked fourth, that's, that's just the way I feel about that. Uh, in terms of adjustments of, of play he's they've had in their respective leagues and they've had of their respective careers so far. Min Duluth is fourth. And before you decide to leave us, James, I just want to say Anderson makes the Rangers out of camp. I know that's not necessarily something you want, you're telling me that the Rangers top the Rangers can be a not just playoff contender, but as we've talked about on this podcast many times before, the Rangers need to graduate between just being a playoff contender and contend for a cup. Do you see a scenario in which the Rangers could theoretically be one of the top four teams, not just in the East, but make it to the Eastern Conference Finals with a top uh, three centers of Zibanejad, Hayes, and Anderson? With Z-Bat, Z Hayes, and Anderson as their centers? Yeah. No. Not a chance. I don't think as it stands today they'll make 
I'd go 60-40 on them not making the playoffs this year. It's easy to say now because literally the Rangers lack two centers, a top-pairing defenseman, a second-line defenseman, a backup goalie. The Rangers, the Rangers team is incomplete. So well, to, being, to, 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 be, to be fair, backup goalies grow on trees. Like you can find a backup goalie to play. Right, but as it stands right now, they literally don't have one. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, Greg, I know your team Thornton. Do you I think that, that doesn't make a difference to me? That doesn't move the needle. Uh, if that's if it's your only move, I agree. If it's one of a series of moves, I disagree. I think my so, my whole argument with Thornton is: I know one, I know he's thirty-seven. Two, I know he's coming off major knee surgery. But this is still Jumbo Joe. This is a generational talent that kind of transcends. I put him on a Yager kind of level in my mind, where age is but a number with Joe Thornton. He's been productive. His game has slipped, but that's because he was so elite in his prime. But he's still a 50-plus point center that I don't feel overmatched in a defensive zone with. So for it, me, it, overpaying for Thornton isn't about giving him too much money. It's about giving him an extra year. The extra year worries me because I know this is the NHL. Joe Thornton at 37 years old is going to get a three-year deal, which is kind of ridiculous. But I look at everything. Everyone's getting hung up when Jeff Gordon said, rebuild on the fly. I I think that was Gordon using words that he didn't truly know the meaning to. I don't know how the Raiders can rebuild on the fly when they only have such a short window with Hank Henry right now. Well, you, I mean, it depends on if you believe that they still have a window with Henrik, which I think, I, I, well, I, I think I, Henrik I, I has don't. two to three years left. And if you want to utilize those two to three years, then you have a, like Henrik is good enough to give you a window. It's about building around Henrik and, Look, this is a Ranger team that should have been in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Would they have beaten Pittsburgh? Probably not. But a team good enough to make the Eastern Conference Finals doesn't need a full rebuild when they're already fairly young. What they needed to do was rebuild their defensive unit, and they're step one there. They have more work to do. People, like, what do the Rangers need to rebuild? Their forwards, outside of Rick Nash, are all under the age of 30. Their are, are, are they are the players are under the age of twenty five? Let, let, let's let's have this discussion. In terms of the division that they play in, let's just go through the list. Washington Capitals. Stack. Uh, I think the, the Capitals are going to be significantly worse next year. They're still going to have upper echelon forwards, an elite level goalie, a better defense than the Rangers. Debatably, as it stands today, a better defense than the Rangers. Well, they're, they're going to they're going to lose. I think they're losing Alsner and Shattenkirk. So. Uh, Alsner's not that good, though. Like They'll be fine without Carl Alsner. I'm not a big Carl Alsner guy. Uh, the Penguins, reigning Stanley Cup champions back-to-back, a one-two punch of Crosby, Malkin, the supporting cast, literally Phil Kessel and whoever else, a 22-year-old goalie who's won two Stanley Cups. The but Flyers, again, they have they have Claude Giroux, and they just got the second overall pick. Like The division is too strong. And mine currently stands to but, be a threat. Yeah, and I, a- I mean, I could even see them... I mean, Tampa's going to be strong again next year. Uh, it's it's tough. It's tough for me to see that. Even with Jumbo Joe, even with Kevin Shattenkirk, I feel like they'll st- the, the, they they haven't committed one way or another. Here's here's the thing though: NHL playoffs, unlike a lot of other leagues, if you get in, everything changes. It's a it's a different style of game. It's a different brand of hockey. And if you have the right pieces, you can make a run. Like when the not even when the season started last year. When the playoffs started last year, did anyone give the Ottawa Senators the time of day? No. Absolutely no. And not. they took they hey, took the hey, Stanley wait. Cup champions to seven games. Hey, let's go through the list of the last Cup champions. 2010, Blackhawks. 2011, Bruins. 2012, 
LA Kings, 2013, Blackhawks again. Uh, Blackhawks played the Bruins in that cup final, 2014, LA Kings. Uh, I think, uh, who won in 2015? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. And then the Penguins went back to back. The idea that anything can happen in the NHL is kind of bullshit. You rattled all that off and the Rangers made two I'm sorry, conference finals, a Stanley Cup, and arguably should have made a third cup conference final. So it's not exactly like I'm arguing the Rangers need to just, you know, the Rangers aren't going from a playoff team to the next level. My argument is the Rangers are already in that very elite group of six or eight teams that can every year say they're cup contenders. They're already there. I don't so all they add to it in my mind. We're honestly two late game shifts away last year from the Rangers being in the conference finals. Yeah, and if and some butts were candy and nuts, Ryan would have a lot more almond joys. But that's not the world that we live in, Craig. I have a ton of almond joys. That's I just, <laughs> I, I, think, I just think it's super different between saying a team like the Boston Bruins can go from what they were last year to a cup contender this year. Where the Rangers literally are six minutes away from getting the face of the Penguins. Do the Penguins run them out of the building? They might. But again, the Penguins had a harder time with the Ottawa Senators than they did the Nashville Predators, which is insane to me. So but this I'm, is this is this is making the estimation that the Rangers make the correct choice, which they have shown me over and over again. again so until that the, changes, the, the team building is never my concern with the Rangers. It's the utilization of assets, which goes down to the head coach, which is, I guess, the end game here. All right, back to I, back, back. Back to, back to Fire AV. I know you're having your boy Clendo on. Tell him I said hello. Well, we'll see about that. We'll <laughs> see. Might, might edit that out. Well, <laughs> no, no it's, it's all good. I got a message from him. He says, yeah, I'm good now if you guys want to call. So, James, whenever you want to, you know. Yeah. James. You, you can you can kick me for the uh, NHL defenseman. That James, you we're, we're actually going to air you after that. So, you, we've already talked to Adam. So, uh, Hi, Adam. Pleasure, pleasure having you on, James. We'll talk to you on our Discord channel. Uh, and you'll be back on probably again this summer, I, I would imagine. Uh, I'm sure I'll be back for the Travis City tournament. And hey, Greg, you can pay me my sixty-one dollars. Oh, sixty-one dollars. What? A, oh, wow. Does forty-two plus nineteen equal sixty-one? That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how math works, buddy. <laughs> for 60, 61, the number of Rick Nash. We're bringing it all back. Okay. I know. I, well, I, I I stopped for a second. I was like, do we have a Rick Nash back? A bet that I don't even remember. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. Uh, do, yeah. you, do you guys want to talk about the bet before we go, real quick? I mean, it's simple. We we bet we bet the jersey numbers. Forty. I have the Rangers re-signing Brandon Smith for forty-two dollars and signing Joe Thornton for nineteen dollars. And James disagrees with me on both fronts. Perfect. Yeah, and we put money on it. Like good, and, old, and good, 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 good old-fashioned. They Americans. didn't put money. They put, put jelly beans, and betting is illegal. Anyway, so I will go ahead, and James, we'll see you later. And shout, uh, shout out, shout out to the Discord, by the way. Shout out we to, love you all. Shout out to the insane Discord that it just never stops. All right. Uh, James, what, I just, before you go, James, what, what is this you, you getting dunked on thing? I missed that. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Don't do this. No, uh, I want to do this because okay. I know it makes him angry and I just don't understand it. I hate you so it's much, like Greg. It's like a joke really, where, like, I don't think you do. Isn't it a song called, like, James Gets Dunked On or something like that in the chat whenever you get sad? Everyone says James Gets Dunked On? There's, there's a song by a rapper called Froggy Fresh called Dunked On. Excuse me? And, and it's, it's called, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the chorus, is, the chorus is, why is James crying? Because he just got dunked on. Wow. And that's your and, entire... And, 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 and it's my entire life. And it hurts me for so many reasons. Because in the video, the guy doing the dunking is in a Bulls Jordan jersey. Oh. And the guy playing James is in an Ewing Knicks jersey. Wow. So it really is a good metaphor for my life. Super symbolic. Yeah, it hurts on so many levels. Thanks hey, for that, Greg. shout out to the Knicks. Nothing worse than you. All right, so we have, <sighs> we have uh, our good friend Jeff's coming up next, Greg. 
Uh, yes. All right, so we're going to Jeff. We've already had Clint Denning. Uh, James, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yep, see you around, guys. Bye-bye. This is the part in the show where Ryan ran out of free hockey transition noises for interview transitions, so instead he does this. Transition? Hey, we're back with our local devil's friend, Jeffy Belinsky's. That was terrible. Jeff Belinsky. Jeffy? Hey, I like, in the cafe, you just had to go with Jeffy? I went with Jeffy instead. <laughs> Congratulations, Jeff. You're the first five-year-old we've ever had. It's been a, it's been a long it. podcast. Um, Jeff, as you know, we've had we just had Adam Clendenning on, a longtime fan of this podcast. And um, congratulations, by the way. We all thank you so much. It's been a long time coming. And we also had our good friend James Clark talking prospects. You are a Devils fan, and somehow, some way, you got the first pick in this draft. How did that happen? They sucked uh, last year. Let me answer that for you, Jeff. The Devils sucked last year. That's how they did suck, but they didn't suck enough to get the best odds. But somehow, we're able to pull it out in the lottery. Not as lucky as the Flyers were, though, to jump up from like fifteen to two. That's ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Wow. Fuck the Flyers. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you guys drafted Nico. He sure. He sure you got it, Nico. He sure yeah. he's sure gonna play for Nailed the Devils. It. And uh, you didn't want him over Nolan Patrick, or you did want him over Nolan Patrick? I I did want him. I mean I. I the general like feeling of the devil's fan base was like both of them were pretty good picks. And for a while I was telling Greg, like, I really don't care. Like just made let him make the pick and then I'll invest in the guy rather than have my heart broken. But the more that like stuff came out and it like Patrick had a injury history and, you know, he sure just seems like this more dynamic, you know, higher upside skill guy. I just kind of leaned more towards that way. And I'm really happy with the decision they made and everybody else seems to be on board. Was there anything in your mind, if the Devils took Nolan Patrick over Heischer, would you have been disappointed? Not the uh, right word, right? Slightly as at first, I probably would have gotten that over that really quickly. Like once I started watching highlights or reading into the you know scouting reports and stuff like that. Um, like it was pretty much a toss up between the two. Either way, I don't think it was a bad decision for either either team who they got. You know, the Devils or the Flyers. Um, I have no, we have no reason to believe that either of these guys are not going to turn out to be like very talented NHL players at any point in their career. Um, they just kind of brought a, a little bit of different things to the table and it seems like, uh, he's going to be the more exciting guy. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted to lean towards that. We don't really have those type of players come through New Jersey very often. Um, and you know, it just, it just seems more exciting pick. So that's, that's what I wanted them to go with. And I'm happy that they did. It was a little unfair for, I mean, obviously the talk going into this draft was, oh, there's no talent in this draft, but that's not entirely true. What people were saying, there's no Connor McDavid or Patrick Laine in this draft, but it's not like these guys aren't going to be above average to very good NHL players. Oh, of course not. I mean, the, the two of the first like comparisons that I heard for both of them uh, from Jeff Merrick were that he sure was like a Pavel Datsuk light and Patrick was a Jonathan Tays light, which is, you know, obviously comparisons to two very good players, two very different skill sets, both very successful NHL players, Stanley Cup winners, et cetera. So um, I don't know. I, what was the second part of your question? I think I kind of trailed off. Well, it doesn't matter because <laughs> just thinking about the NBCSN coverage of the draft reminds me that they compared they compared someone to Chris Paul. I, I'm not over this Wait, yet. Wait, are you serious? Did they really? Yeah, they um I'm I'll look up who. I believe it was They're like this guy uh, plays like Chris Paul is selfish and complains to the refs and wants more money. Two hundred and five million dollars. Uh not gonna lie to you, Greg, did not watch the draft. Uh, I, I watched it just because it was the first time in a very long time the Rangers had first round picks, and then I I heard that 
result. And I was just like, they went from, they started even higher. They compared him, I think, uh, uh, it, they made her, I think they were comparing him to Crosby. And then they're, they're like, oh, well, let's not give him that much praise. But he's like, a, he's like a Chris Paul. I'm like, what do you even mean? He's like totally a Chris makes Paul. Sense. That makes, that, oh, he's I'm, the Peyton Manning of centers. <laughs> I don't know. That makes no sense oh whatsoever. Yeah, all I did was I was at a bar. I had them put it on so I could watch who they picked at the first pick, and then I just went back to the conversation I was having. Okay. And that was it. We, uh, I watched. Speaking the- of which, I'm sorry. It's okay. Back to the N- NBCSN coverage. First words out of his mouth after getting drafted are, "I find no words. I love to hockey. How can you not love this kid that we just took him?" That's first what he overall? said. <laughs> That's what, that was what came out of his mouth. He said, I find no words. I love talk. Wait, I have a question. But, uh, over under six, the amount of people that got tattooed that on themselves that night. Definitely under. Okay. <laughs> uh, I remember I remember what it is now. It was, they compared Miro Heiskanen to Eric Carlson, and they followed up the Eric Carlson comparison by saying he's like a Chris Paul on the ice. Huh, what the fuck does that mean? I, 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 does that make any sense? What does that mean? I don't even know how to begin. I, first of all, it's unfair to compare a guy to Eric Carlson. Uh, that's just not nice. And then the, I think it was from the, uh, I, I don't know, something about he likes to, he's good at creating steals and pushing in transition. And somehow that was Chris Paul, apparently. But I don't, I don't oh fucking God. know. Really, I, glad, really glad they used that to turn over the few NBA fans who turned tuned in and didn't know what the fuck was going on. For, I, it, honestly, it looked like, NBCSN found the NBA footage and was like, well, we have Chris Paul. We have to use this. We Do they even see- have the rights to that? I, th- that's the thing. Like, Someone accidentally gave them the rights to just Chris Paul. So they had to find a way to compare a player to Chris Paul. We need uh, to go we, deeper on this. We definitely uh, now, it's awful. I, to get back on whatever point we were on. Wait, what are we even about. talking about? Uh, <laughs> Congratulations on the first pick. As as a fan, were you ever tempted or did you want the Devils to try and trade down? Like, What was the value of the first overall pick to you this year? Uh, the value of the pick was the player we were going to pick. At no point did I ever think that we should trade the pick. I think that would have been completely idiotic. Very similar. I mean, if you don't want to talk Chris Paul comparisons, we could compare that to the Knicks potentially trading Kristaps Porzingis. Just something that doesn't make any sense. Like, oh what are you going to get for it in you, return? Like, they're the worst. There's nothing worse uh, than the, the Knicks. No, I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm not trying to say the Devils are in that bad of shape. But um, – no, it just didn't make any sense. They were talking about trading down for this Cali maker defenseman guy, but we don't we don't need another solid defenseman in our in our prospects. You know, we don't ever have like I said before, we don't really we've never had a first round pick as the Devils. Um, we first don't ever really pick. yeah first overall pick. I'm not we're not the Rangers. We actually have first yeah we yeah this was a special um, occasion for us. Okay, yeah. Um, and, you know, these guys don't come through very often, you know, even though they're not on the likes of Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, they're still going to be, you know, a very impactful player at a position that we are not very deep in. Um, and there's really no reason for us not to take advantage of the fact that we got lucky and got the number one pick and just, you know, kind of traded away. And you're also not exactly crying over any of the milk spilled by losing John Merrill in the expansion draft, right? No, no, no. I mean, that uh, that was probably one of the worst casualties that we could have had um, in terms of impact on the team since, you know, after Larson left last year in the Hall trade, you know, we were kind of a little bit weaker on the defensive side and he was one of the more promising players back there on the younger end. Um, it kind of leaves us a little thin, but uh, I know as I told you, it kind of 
made perfect sense at the last second before they had to lock in their expansion list. Um, they traded for this defenseman Mueller from San Jose and, and protected him right away over Merrill, who they already had and didn't need to trade for. So um, we had seen a lot of him through like, working up through the system, getting a few games here and there, and then finally up on the team full time. Um, and he, you know, he wasn't really making his, you know, the biggest impression. Um, very solid player, you know, sad to see him go, but overall impact, you know, not too much. It seems like we kind of know what we had with him. I'm just telling you right now, I've seen some rumors connecting you guys to a certain former Ranger defensive free agent uh, by the name of Adam Clendenin. Hmm. Just putting that out there. Oh, I, w- I would love that. That would, that would, that would be the type of guy that we're looking for. I would not like that. Mostly because like, <laughs> I'd have to root for Adam on your team. So... <laughs> You could do that. Eh, no, I don't really want to. I don't really ever. No, want to we're, do we're, you know, I, you know what? I would buy a Devils Clendenning jersey. Wow. No hesitation. Listen, I mean, he's he's the first player to ever be on your podcast, so I think well, that, I mean, that'll have a special you're, place you're, in you're your heart. Play, You'll follow more. Yeah, you play you darts. You're a player in a different sense of the term. <laughs> okay, you play darts. Right. You've been on the podcast sure. before. There you go. Yeah, we had that. We had that guy Li Joe on once. Oh, listen, listen. <laughs> Jesus, I just, all right, never mind. We're not going to get to this. No, it's fine. I mean, you said you're friends with this guy. You were going to bring oh him on the podcast. Oh, my God. I, I, is, when he does come on, and he will soon, uh, are you going to say to him, are you going to say to him, are you even really friends with Ryan? Is that your first question? <laughs> I want proof that it's actually him. I'm sure it's just going to be some, it's, it's going to end up being Joe Binks, and you're just going to tell me it's L.I. Joe. I would never do that to you. I would never. I would never lie to you, Greg. Not once. Never, not I mean, once. I, I won't lie, that'd be a great turn if it was Joe Binks. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jeff, the Devils, the offseason. Obviously, you don't exactly – I mean, friend of the pod, Keith Kincaid's a free agent, but you don't necessarily have a big guy that you could possibly lose this year. How do you see the Devils building this offseason through the young core that they have? I'm going to do the meme of the guy pointing at his head right now and say you can't lose big guys if you don't have big guys. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just just try and get ahead of the game play it on a different level but um so yeah we, we don't really you know we didn't really lose anything you know significant um but the, the needs are obviously still at the defensive end to try and replace you know what we lost with larson we didn't really have anybody step up last year uh we added lovejoy who you know wasn't really too outstanding he's still going to be on the team but hopefully in a bottom you know the third pairing defenseman uh, some of the younger guys come in or if we signed a good free agent, we all know who the big name out there is. Um, in Shattenkirk, the only advantage, advantage I think the Devils have in that race is they have a lot of cap space, but, you I mean, know. We have 23 million. We're ready. What's up? We're ready. Yeah. He's coming. I know. Yeah. I, I, all I'm saying is I don't I don't think we're that's that true free agent destination yet. Like I said, we only have the cap space as our only bargaining chip, it seems like um until we start proving something in the regular season um need some right wing depth um with heisher and zaka and quenville you know we're pretty solid on the prospect side from the center position uh left wing we're pretty deep at too um but i think we i mean really anybody that could score that's that kind of that's kind of what it comes down to i'm i'm pretty sure i know what your answer is and i think you're you find yourself as frustrated with the good old boy network as i do is there really any reason you just mentioned the devils having so much cap room? There's no reason for the devils to not just throw down a big RF uh, offer sheet on dry is there? They might, wh- what do the devils lose by doing that? You just mentioned you need scoring. Is there a better RFA available than dry in Edmonton? 
Probably not. But but we never see this stuff happen. But at the same time, I mean, a situation like Edmonton, they already said they were going to match whatever is offered anyway. But so, if, say, say you threw down, I don't know, $9 million annually for Dreisaitl. Give him an overpay just because he's super young and you have a ton of cap space and you want to call the Oilers bluff. What what stops the Devils from doing I don't. I never understand why a team like the Devils who need a type of marquee player to go with Taylor Hall that they don't scoop up an offer sheet or two for high upside players that are on the market. Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent question for Ray Shiro. But if, if it was me in that position, I mean, well, I don't see any reason not to. That's the next it's, guy we're going to That's the reason at. why you can offer shoot somebody, right? But nobody uses this tool that's out there. doesn't really make much sense. I think the last person to receive – like the last big-name player to receive an offer sheet, didn't Shea Weber get one from the Flyers and then the Predators matched it? I think he was yeah, the last that, one. Yeah, that was probably the last significant one. Yeah, and there's still kind of – Feeling the the effects of that because I think it's still there's some kickback if he doesn't finish out his career and if his contract in Montreal, Nashville's on the hook for some of that. Interesting. Yeah. So you don't you don't necessarily have a pie in this. I mean, I know you and I have you've I think mostly joked about signing Shattenkirk just to get a rise out of me. Are there guys on the open market that you have eyes on that you think is realistic for the Devils you would like to see in New Jersey? Um, I, I've definitely brought up Shattenkirk to you as I've definitely, you know, to kind of rustle your jimmies a little bit, but I don't think it's completely out of the question that he could be in negotiations with the Devils at any point. Like I said, they have the cap space. They have a position available for him. We don't have that, you know, power play quarterback role that he's going to want to try and fill, um, that he's going to be very good at. You know, it's something that he could step into. It, I think in, in St. Louis, that was one of the problems is he couldn't really break into that role. Um, full time. As far as other, you know, top free agents that are out there, the list is not like particularly, you know, incredible. Um, a guy like Vibrata or even Brian Boyle, like those would be great additions to any team. I feel like. Um, so of course the Devils could use the type of guys, but for somebody specifically that I'm targeting, until we, you know, know if Heisher is going to make the team, and I mean, which will obviously be way past the free agency period. Um, and you know, what other guys will be able to sign? Like, I, I mean, I don't really think we're that free agent destination for anybody, but you know, anything's out there. Um, and like I said, we do have the money. I know you and I talked about this during the season and it kind of feels like a moot point now because I think the goalie market is a little oversaturated. Corey Schneider is a name more and more that has popped up in trade rumors are you you're on the pro trade Corey train, right? You don't see the Devils necessarily as a team ready to make a deep run in the playoffs this year or next year. I mean, it, it all depends on the return. Uh, in my uh, semi hot take opinion, um, I'm I think that the trade for Corey Schneider um, in that draft may have hurt the Devils organization in the long term wow. more than it helped it. Scoville level um, one hundred thousand. <laughs> Um, I mean, that, the pick that they traded ended up being Bo Horvat, who was an all-star this year, um, if you consider him an all-star, because he was the one member of the Canucks that made it, and every team needs to have one. Um, but still a player that's playing at a high level. So, you know, if he was in the prospect pool from that point forward, you know, the Devils are obviously not winning a whole lot of games. But, you know, you could argue that Corey had the effect of he was playing so well that the team could never properly tank the way the rest of the roster 
would dictate that they should. Um, and they never got the higher end picks that they really, you know, could use because um, their top draft picks have only come in like the, really the last two or three seasons. Um, as, a, as for whether we should trade him right now, um, I don't think that's necessarily the case, um, but it all depends on the return. Um, I don't see any reason why the Devils couldn't contend for a playoff spot this year if they make the right moves in the free agency market. Um, you know, if they add a little bit more offense, I don't think really they're too far off from anybody else in the league, um, at least who was on the cusp of making the playoffs last year. I don't know. Uh, I think they're pretty far. I think our division just... is stacked as fuck, dude. The Metro is crazy as shit. It's like eight super teams at this point. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's, that's – Carolina is also going to get better too. Don't forget that. You're probably counting them out. I'm not. Will Columbus I... have the same – will Columbus and, you know, as a result of Bobrovsky Columbus have the same season like that they had this year? Of the year? A two-year removed rookie of the year player. Like, they're going to – yes, they're going to still be good. Yeah, but they also gave up Saad to get him. Like, I mean, I, to me, that, that Chicago trade is just uh, in and out type of deal, and no team really gets any better. It, you know, what? will Panarin fit in over there? Who knows? I think you're crazy with that. Uh, well, you don't you don't think that Panarin's success has been at any point a result of playing alongside Taze and Kane? I mean, yeah, obviously that would be a factor for anyone. You know, if you're playing aside, like we said earlier on this podcast, if you're playing beside Connor McDavid, you're probably getting paid wherever you go. So yeah, that's the case. Uh, let, let me put it this way: How many points do you think Panarin is going to get next year? I'd say fifty-five. I was about to say sixty. All right, so you're still going to say he's dropping off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, do, like, well, do you think he's going to have better numbers than Saad did? Like, do you think he's going to have more impact? Like, I don't think I, the fact that they got him is necessarily like, oh, they got so much better. I will, I will say this. I think if the Blackhawks next year had Panarin instead of Saad, I, Panarin would outscore Saad on the Blackhawks. Like, whatever yeah. point total Saad's about to get, Panarin would – match that, and then go 10 higher, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's really a moot point because I think both teams are going to get what they want out of the deal, and it's really, you know, going to be fine. It's going to be hilarious when the Blackhawks also re-sign, or I shouldn't say re-sign, but the rumblings already out there that they're talking about bringing back Patrick Sharp. They're just going to run back 2010. Just why not? Yeah. Do it again. It worked last time. Looks like it. Also, Getting the band back together. they're going to be like $8 million over the cap. So, cap space, schmack space. I mean, they, they don't have any right now, and they made a bunch of trades, and they were still over it. So that's not really the best. All right. So, so who are you guys' favorites then, as of right now, for like Metro teams to make the playoffs next year? Uh, it, it's hard for me, at least. It's hard. Obviously, the, the Rangers Pen- are so Penguins and Rangers. Well, I honestly, right? If the season started tomorrow, the Rangers aren't a playoff team because they have two centers and three defensemen. I agree. Yeah. So the Ra- the Rangers are so incomplete, it's impossible for me to say they're a playoff. But every team. every team is incomplete at this point. But okay, you know, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and like just pencil in. Look like. I'm going to pencil in the Capitals and Penguins right now. Just yeah. do that. I, I I think the Blue Jackets have not made themselves worse. I, I don't know necessarily if they're going to go on the same hot streak they went I'm on. I'm not saying they year. made themselves worse. I'm just asking if like you think that's it's sustainable for them because I mean they did trail off at the end of the season. They were out in the first round, and I. Let me put it this way. I have a hard time thinking of a team in the Metro I would put below the Devils. And, like, the think of think of the bottom teams last year. The Islanders have added Eberle. I, I don't know quite what they're doing defensively after trading um, Hamannick to the Flames, but they, they still have – any team that has John Tavares is going to be, I think, somewhat competitive. Uh, I like what the Hurricanes continue to do. 
as long as they don't trade from some of their better blue line depth, I think they're going to be better. Uh, they could use a goalie for sure. So if they if you want to trade Corey Schneider anywhere, I think Carolina is always a nice location. Uh, even though they, I don't, I just don't trust Scott Darling. Like, I would trade Corey Schneider for uh, for Jeff Skinner in a heartbeat. Yeah, well, so would so would I, Jeff. Three times on Sunday too. Uh, <laughs> I think the Flyers are. You know, I hate giving the Flyers any credit, but there's nothing to say the Flyers can't. Right, let's, maybe, maybe you're just misunderstanding my point. I, I, okay. All I'm saying is that it is not out of the realm of question that if the Devils do well in the free agency, that they could be a playoff team. Sure, but it's we highly have... dependent on that. But it's highly dependent on that for everybody. But I think that we, I mean, with the cap space available, I think that we're on the uprise. You know, number one pick is a big deal. I mean, he might not even play on the team, but you also have Hall there. You have Palmieri scored thirty goals. Like you know, it's it's possible that we could get somebody to sign here. That's all. I'm saying. I would I would say 95 percent of the things that need to go right need to go right for the Devils to make the playoffs. Whereas a team like the Rangers. That number is probably at sixty to sixty-five percent of the things they need to go right in the offseason. Like it, it is. You're right. It's totally possible because any team can remake themselves in free agency. It's it's just the Devils, in my mind, need more things to happen for them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I completely agree with that. Okay, then we're on the same page. I'm just not penciling them in for a lottery pick right now. I don't think the Devils will necessarily be bad. I just think the Metro is drunk on talent. So it's, it's, it's going to be very hard for any team to become a high riser in that division. I think it's a lot easier for teams to maintain their level of performance. But we're talking about a division where the Rangers won over 100 games and they were the fourth team. They won 100 that, games. Uh, yeah, they won 100, 100, 100 games. 100, wow. 100 points. 100 points. 100 they had over 100 points and they were a clear fourth in the division. A clear fourth. That, that's like 112% winning percentage. It's impressive. It's really insane. <laughs> well, well, I mean, if we're talking percentages, I, I saw the Trump administration say, you know. Oh, no. Uh, well, you I, do this I, I don't want to. I don't want <laughs> to. I already made myself sad. Yeah, so let's, I don't. Right. I, we did this. We did like two talks about this on this podcast. They both lasted under two minutes, and I really never want to go back. Sure. Yep. That's it. Jeff, get off. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, I mean, before we before we're I ready, had a nickel. <laughs> Any, anything 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 I'm missing? What what else? What else is going on in the Devils world? Uh, no news on the Kovalchuk front. Oh yeah, that's kind of important. seems like that. It seems like it's up to him. Chiro will pretty much go along with whatever he wants. I still think he'll make just, the right I deal. I just if, think he's going back to Russia. I, I just don't think he's even coming. Well, it's up to him. Basically, it seems like if he wants to play for a team, Devils will sign him and work out a deal, and and that's it. So, make your pitches. If you want them on I, the Rangers. We don't really want them. <laughs> I don't I, want them either. That's the problem. There are Ranger fans that are like, well, we freed up all this cap space, and now we can go after Kovalchuk. Do you not understand what the fuck the Rangers <laughs> need? Like, I, it, it blows my mind how stupid some Ranger fans are. And I don't. I know some of them listen to this podcast. And no, none of them listen to this podcast. No, you hold your tongue. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm calling it like I, it is. I'm if defending the them. Are Chuck, no, stupid. you are all up. wonderful people. Thank you. <laughs> except, for you. except for you who think the earth is flat and the Rangers should bring in Ilya Kovalchuk. There you go. <laughs> and even if you didn't think that, you're entitled to your opinion to listen to this podcast. <laughs> No, that, that opinion is so categorically wrong and not even entitled to it. Oh, my God, Greg. How do you do this? All right. Listen, uh, simple. I don't want Kovalchuk on this team until he's a free agent and we can sign him for cheap. So that's that. 
I don't want him on this team, period. You could just full stop it right there. Okay. I didn't. That was my opinion. (laughs) I'm allowed to have different opinions than you. I don't know if you've ever heard. Oh, my God. I'm still cap- I'm, I'm reeling is, right now. I, I've what, been what, devastated. This podcast this podcast is called Kaplan and Them. You you're, <laughs> you're not allowed to have any other opinions. Hey, Woj, come at me, son. Come at me, dog. Stop posting on Reddit. Anyway, um, <laughs> just call it a shout out. Uh, I've been devastated this entire podcast mostly because uh, Adam disagreed with me on the hot dog sandwich thing. So I've kind of been in disarray since that happened. Love that you're on a first name basis with him. Adam and me go way back. You know, we've been on the pod <laughs> at least once. <laughs> Uh, it did. It did. It did kill me a little bit inside when he said he never actually listened to the podcast. He I just know. liked that we always talked about him. I know. It it, it did kill me a little bit too because all the times we were like Adam, come on the show. He never heard. Will he listen to this podcast no, that he's on? No, no, <laughs> no. He definitely fifty fifty. No, he's hundred percent chance. If I could bet, I would. I would say I would bet Greg right now. There's no chance. He'll never listen to this. And I really appreciate him coming on. He's never listening to this once. And if he did, it was like five minutes for the hot dog sandwich uh, part. And he's not getting this far. No, never. Oh, yeah. Never. I'm shocked that people that are listening to this now got this far. I'm shocked that we're still talking. We've been talking since – we've been talking for almost two hours. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's why at this point I'm sitting here like going semi-insane. People that are still listening at this point, seriously, thank you. I don't know how you're doing this. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. Right, well, let's 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 wrap this bad boy up then, because I'm about 15 minutes overdue on my bedtime. We have to record the intro, so let's go do that. <laughs> Give it some time period here. And, yeah, pod, uh, podcasting magic. People should know that we recorded this podcast completely out of order today. Oh my god, so much! All right, Jeff. Seriously, Jeffy Bolitskis, thanks for coming on. <laughs> thanks for coming on, buddy. Uh, I really hope that we could talk more, uh, and maybe we could get a group chat going. That'd be nice. Appreciate it, guys. I'll see you on the Discord. Yo! All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, wait. Do we want to say goodbye? We got to plug things. Hold on. Stay for a second. Jeff. Okay. Uh, uh, follow us on Twitter at Bushwitch Break. Uh, thanks, everyone, for supporting us on Patreon. Our Discord is bumping all the time. You should join. Give us a dollar. Throw it in our face. Greg, anything else you want to say? Um, no. All right. Bye now. For real. <laughs> bye-bye. Bye-bye.